of the internet. I'm Travis. And I'm Nathan. And we are The Henshin Men, a podcast that celebrates Japanese superheroes and their high-flying and high-kicking adventures. In this installment, we will be discussing Kamen Rider episodes 11 and 12. The blood-sucking monster Geba Condor, Kyuketsu Kaijin Geba Kondoru. Since all of their previous monsters have been defeated by Kamen Rider, Shocker tries to combine all of their strongest traits in a single monster who will be their ultimate assassin. I don't know how to get Hi, into Travis. it. Hi. <laughs> We're back. How are you today? <laughs> I am confused, Nathan. <laughs> About what? <laughs> because this monster in this episode is called a condor, but... A gebacondor. A gebacondor. <laughs> but he doesn't look like a condor. <laughs> He looks a little bit more like, I don't know, a goblin? Maybe a Lord of the Rings orc? Yeah, that kind of has, orcish. That has weird, uh, like a weird gliding suit. You know, like those gliding suits that people, that daredevils will use. That mm-hmm. It's like a flying squirrel sort of a yeah. thing. You know, and they jump cliffs and they'll they'll glide for a really long time. It's kind of like that, except really poorly designed. This costume does not look like it can fly at all. <laughs> it's such a weird <laughs> costume. I'm going to be honest with you, Travis. This, this episode, for as much hype as the beginning of it has, I ended up being a little bit disappointed with because it's just Geba Condor is weird, and I, I, maybe it's just in certain shots, but I felt like the the Common Rider costume looked a little worse for wear this episode, and it probably needed some repair and. Yeah. You know, and the fight seems weird, and it's just what. But you know, credit. I'll give credit to this. The beginning of it is actually pretty effective. In case you didn't know that Shocker is evil, a Geba Condor was brought to life using the blood of young women. So we went yeah. from puppies to uh, to girls, the fiends. Bring me the blood <laughs> of virgins. <laughs> oh, what? I mean, that's essentially what they're doing. That's <laughs> what it seems like. And then the and then what does Shocker do? Their newest front is a church. And by the way, I just want to point this out. For some odd reason, there are a lot of Christian churches in Toku shows. I don't know what that why that is, but I've been watching a lot of seventies Ultraman lately. And churches show up a lot in those too. So they decide that apparently the best way that they can get the blood of young women is to is to just have a front at a church and then get the these young brides when they decide to get married, and then they just mm-hmm. show up and kill the yeah. groom, kidnap the woman, drain her of her blood, and feed it to Dipakot. Yeah. Um <laughs> The beginning of this episode is like a universal horror movie with. <laughs> it, it, it actually even goes further than that. I would say it, would, it touches into hammer horror. Like it really oh, does. Oh yeah, hammer. But I, I was thinking more with the organ music and stuff. That makes me think of the universal horror movie. Well, yeah, that's true. Oh yeah, the organ playing old lady. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I had. I had a. I had a name for her. Let me go. Keep talking. I'm going to see if I can find it. 
Now, my note on her was creepy old lady is creepy. <laughs> she wears black. Like, okay, that should signal something to you. You're at a wedding and she's wearing black with a black veil like she's at a funeral. That should tell you something. <laughs> yeah, uh, I said uh, playing the organ to signal sh the shocker goons is a bit like a universal horror movies. And I speci specifically put Phantom of the Opera. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 What did I, I had a funny note about the about the the creepy old lady and trying to Oh no, I remember. Oh, I called her the shocker nun. Oh, the shocker <laughs> nun. The shocker nun. And I wrote, What's with Toku villains and pointy toed shoes? I see that a lot. There's yeah. all their Ultraman do that too. And I'm just like, what is pointy shoes just look kind of silly to me, but <laughs> Yeah. Uh, this is just a weird episode. Yes, it is. Although, uh, also one of the brides in this, her name is uh, Yoko, and I put so, and they try to kidnap her. Like Yoko, oh no! <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that deserves the other sound effect. So, um, speak, since we were talking about Geba Condor, when they first unveil him, they're like, yes, rise, Geba Condor. I, I, the first thing that went through my head is, this reminds me of Jim Carrey's Riddler at the end of Batman Forever when he's dressed up like Batman. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I'm Batman. <laughs> <laughs> it is, uh, yeah, it is. It's insane. Um, I, uh, I, I wrote a note saying that Giba Condor sounds like an angry gonzo. He <laughs> 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 has to be the most mindless kaijin that we've had that shocker's made so far but Until he's supposed he suddenly to be starts talking oh. at the end <laughs> yeah he does which is just weird so i'm like wait a minute I've, you have all the strengths apparently of every kaijin before this except you can't talk but then you can talk huh yeah <laughs> also shocker shocker impersonating the clergy takes brood of vipers to a whole new height i'm just saying mm. <laughs> hmm uh yeah this uh so so the story of this is you know uh shocker is tired of being defeated by uh common rider so they combine all of their previous monsters the uh into one monster which is like we said giba condor this weird guy in a flying squirrel suit uh which is funny because there is literally a squirrel monster coming up in a future episode oh, <laughs> does it happen to be a woman uh no <laughs> it is a squirrel, squirrel girl or squirrel girl right no uh <laughs> he's a squirrel man is, to use another marvel analogy Geva condor is apparently super scroll but <laughs> uh, except that he doesn't use any of the powers that's what gets me he doesn't necessarily use any powers from any of the previous ones he's just supposed to i guess have their strength it, it, like it would have been cool if he had some of the powers like the like the dissolving power that the the um which one was it that had yeah. that uh scorpion man or you know any of those the the flame breath that 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 cobra man had yeah or the spaghettification power yeah yeah any of those would have been good but but we didn't get any of that he was just another monster he wasn't any different um but yeah he does he does get kind of the the uh the upper hand against common rider at first uh even you know uh causes common i mean he even survives a writer kick like yeah common rider doesn't survive. it's just like he just shows up and he's like rider kick first thing and uh -huh. the fiend takes it so i guess that's one indication that he's got all the good stuff from the previous kaijin <laughs> yeah yeah so so what'd you think of what'd you think of common rider getting thrown into a big pile of dirt <laughs> i saw that in your notes you called it what was it? a face plant rider <laughs> face plant <laughs> I'm just like, really really <laughs> 
What the heck, KR? You, yeah. you just got defeated by face planting into a dirt mound? What? How did they not murder you three ways from Sunday at that point? I just <laughs> Now we have to we have to we have to talk about the elephant in the room. Um so mm-hmm. this is the first episode where uh Hiroshi Fujioka, the actor who played uh Takeshi Hongo, did not actually appear in the episode, was not on on set for filming. And that's because he had a motorcycle stunt accident, uh, which actually fractured his leg. I was going to ask, it was, I knew we were coming up to that point at some, soon in the show where the original actor was going to have to leave. And I was wondering when that was going to happen. Yeah. So so at this point in this uh, in this episode and in the next episode, we get uh, some reused footage of Takeshi from previous episodes and uh, they uh, did a replacement voice actor for Kamen Rider. uh, And then they had him be mostly in the suit uh, for this episode so they could you know put a stunt guy in there and not have to worry about, you know, the actor not being on set uh so that's how they worked around it in this episode now you can kind of tell but it's it's actually pretty good at they do a pretty good job of hiding the fact that takeshi's not there uh or at least you know the actor who plays takeshi's not there uh there is some little I i was gonna say i started to notice it more in the episodes that come after this Probably because they were able to write this episode around that issue by having the supporting cast take a little bit more mm-hmm. of the forefront in this. So you got more Tachi, uh, undercover Tachibana with a fake uh, stash. Yes, that is the best. That is the best. <laughs> Tachibana in a costume is always the best. And uh, what was it, Ruriko? She was doing some stuff too. And this she, yeah. they were a fake couple infiltrating the church. Yeah, they almost like, got married. <laughs> you old enough to be her dad? Is this? I guess this isn't quite weird, but <laughs> yeah, weird. yeah, it was a little creepy, a little weird, but you know, it was fake. Um, I mean, half your plus seven, man. I'm just <laughs> yeah. Uh, so so yeah you, that, but that, i do I, that is one of the things i do like about this like the, the one of the fact and just, it came out of necessity it's not it wasn't intentional but it just came out of necessity because of hiroshi fujioka's uh, uh fractured leg that they had to rely more on the side characters in this one and this is uh also an interesting episode because it introduces a side character called kazuya taki so, so what did you think of this new character being introduced here? He started out as kind of the victim of of Giba Condor's attack, but then kind of inserts himself into kind of the whole investigation, the common writer team, common writers yeah. battle against Shocker. Yeah, uh, he's the the guy who uh, he's uh, the one of the young guys who tries to get married and then gets accosted. Right. And then he starts taking out shocker goons like <laughs> like he knows yeah. what he's doing. Like, huh, the power of uh, the power of the newlywed. <laughs> yeah. OK, so his I just got married. <laughs> <laughs> his wife getting kidnapped was probably the best scene. It's in my it's in the rewards, uh, the reward awards uh, section. But yeah. um but I do want to talk about it because I called it suddenly Giba Condor because it's just like, yeah, you know, he's the riding along. He's driving the motorcycle. You got uh, the sidecar, you know, wife is in the sidecar. She's happy in her wedding dress. The veil's blowing behind her and it cuts back to him and he's smiling. And then he looks down and then there's Giba Condor in the sidecar. <laughs> and it's just like, What? <laughs> <laughs> the apparently one of his powers is teleportation but it's so weird it was just such such a weird it's such a weird slapsticky slapstick kind of moment and uh i i just i kind of i liked it i liked it for that but it was just such a silly moment you know we were talking about this earlier about how geba condor geba condor however you say it didn't talk and then he talked you really needed a catchphrase and you know what his catchphrase should be carrying my wayward son 
Oh God! Oh man! Oh, that killed Travis. Uh, yes, you heard yes. it, heroes. I killed Travis. I'm I am dead. I am dead now. Here lies me, born then, dead now. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. You're singing the song like that in your head, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I am. Uh, <laughs> carrying my wayward soul. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> you don't want that to be the episode title? <laughs> uh, maybe, yeah. That might actually be a, a better better title than what I had come up with. Oh, Although, uh, I'm just saying... Uh, well, we, you may it may not get changed, uh, heroes. But you know, in our notes currently, it's it's a bird, it's a plane, it's definitely not a condor because condor man, we don't know how he can fly. That he is, is definitely not a, a condor. condor. <laughs> and he's yeah, he, yeah, he's definitely not a condor. <laughs> I actually really enjoyed the the final fight scene between Common Rider and Giba Condor. Uh, because they start off fighting on top of the car, there's a lot of punching and stuff on on top of the car. That's it start that's moving and then it stops and then there's it, it's in yeah. a field instead of yeah. in a rock quarry. Yeah, yeah, uh, the heavily graffitied newlywed car. I just <laughs> yeah, yeah. There was a, yeah. Although that's a thing. That's a thing even here in this country of of like you know drawing well, yeah. all over just, a newlywed's car. It, it it just seemed like they took it to the next level with this one. Like it was, it was basically uh, a piece of street art on wheels at that point. It really it was. was. It really was. And it was all, it was an ink. Yeah. So they had to sell the idea that they were getting married. So they had to, you know, go the extra mile. <laughs> um, now I, I want to talk oh, about, I want to talk about, cause we've been talking about in a few episodes, the, the death of these, kaijin these monsters uh and the death of giba condor is <laughs> i don't know how to describe it other than he went into the second dimension <laughs> i would have called it death by motorcycle but but, but like he okay so so Common Rider hits him, but then all of a sudden you just get like a like a cardboard cutout of Giba Condor that just kind of flies off and then explodes. And you can yes. tell, you can tell it's a cardboard cutout. Like it, it's it looks like just a <laughs> a standy kind of cardboard cutout of Giba Condor flying off. Uh, it, but he's in the pose of like, Ugh. Uh, <laughs> do we want to talk about cardboard cutouts now or in the next episode we're going to talk about because oh boy cardboard. oh yeah there's there's <laughs> some there's some cutouts i don't know about cardboard because those are those seem very see-through they're pla they're more plastic but but yes we will talk about them in the next episode but but i just thought that was such a goofy yeah, it was but that's kind of par for the course with this show at this point yeah none of yeah. these kites right quite the same way <laughs> also Speaking of the motorcycle, how has it that it has taken me? Well, this is what episode eleven. It took until episode eleven for me to realize the motorcycle has a name. Yeah, I don't think they've mentioned it previously uh, in in the show, but I definitely knew that. I don't know how I knew that. I guess because I've watched the show before. Yeah, I think it's in the end theme because the the word cyclone, because that's the name of the motorcycle, does get used in the end theme. Yeah, the really. Maybe comparatively mellow end theme for the show but yeah i somehow never knew that the motorcycle had a name yeah yeah so yeah the motorcycle is called cyclone uh is which i guess makes a turbine on his belt right yeah which also is really funny because i never realized made that connection between that and uh in common rider w that one half of w is called cyclone the green the green one is oh. uh green power is cyclone right because he's cyclone joker 
That's right. I just watched those sample. I call them sample episodes. No <laughs> way. Uh huh. Yeah. Just yeah. to make you happy, Travis. Just yes. to make you happy. Oh, I love. I cannot <laughs> wait to talk about Kamen Rider W. It's going to be so long. Oh, it's going to take so long to get there. Yeah, because Toei is being stingy. Uh, but right. it was also to see Hongo actually doing some motocross practice at the beginning. So it's like the show remembered, hey, he's into motorcycle racing. Maybe well, we know, should actually show him practice. You know why they did that? It's because it's footage from that they had filmed for the first episode that they're just reusing. Because <laughs> uh, even writer is not immune to the curse of stock footage well well yeah well like we said hongo or you know the uh fujioka he what he was hurt and so he wasn't there to film so they had to use you know previously filmed footage and so they had this footage of him you know doing the uh, motorcycle racing and practicing and stuff so they brought it back so it's just like yeah they brought it back but they brought it back because that was the footage they had that they had to fill in since the actor couldn't be there. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> Overall, it's an okay episode. Wouldn't call it my favorite so far. Yeah, this isn't like the best episode, but it's not the worst either. It had a lot of fun moments. I really enjoyed. Again, like we said, we had a lot of play from the side characters, including the new side character that was introduced with Taki. Um, and, uh, yeah. And so, and, and, and yes, that was born out of necessity, but I think it ended up working out really well. And again, I keep talking about it. One of the things I love about common writer is they like to add a little bit of the horror into their episodes. And we definitely got that with, uh, Giba Condor stealing blood from <laughs> young women. <laughs> oh, good Lord. He's a pseudo vampire in this. Yeah. But <laughs> I am powered by the blood of virgins. I mean, <laughs> he doesn't say that, but no. No, it's basically but he might as well. Doing. Yeah. Oh, my. Uh, uh, but yeah, he's more of a vampire than the than the man bat or Batman or whatever that was in no, the second episode. The, yeah, the bat dash man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, uh, so that's it for this episode. We can move on to the next episode. Transition! The murderous Gekgirus! Sachin Gekgirus! A power-hungry lab assistant allows Shocker to convert him into a cyborg to help them steal the laser weapon his boss is making! Uh, Nathan, we're introduced to Night of the Lepus, the sequel. <laughs> you had the same note, or did you just see my note? <laughs> no, I saw your note. I, I saw that your note. You and I are forever bonded over that movie. For those who don't know, <laughs> uh, one of my first appearances on as a guest on Kaiju Weekly was for this absolutely ridiculous movie called Night of the Lepus that is a basically a horror movie about giant killer rabbits. Yep. So think Monty Python and the Holy Grail, but not funny for some strange reason. <laughs> yeah. And it has Horace Kelly from Star Trek in it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and... <laughs> Unintentionally hilarious. <laughs> so, talking about this episode of of Common Rider, they lasered a bunny. <laughs> they lasered a bunny for the kids. <laughs> for the kids. Um, I mean, we're all we we're to, we're we were talking about how how Takeshi a few episodes back had experimented on puppies, but now we're <laughs> like opening this episode with with a couple of scientists just lasering a bunny, and it wasn't even like a scientific thing of like, oh, we now know what the laser does. It's like no, they already knew the laser was dangerous. They were just trying to prove a point. <laughs> <laughs> 
it's just so weird. There is some, there's a very weird streak of animal cruelty running through these recent episodes, and I'm a little bit concerned. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> these animals are real, but seriously. <laughs> yeah, no, no animals were harmed, and actually, this was 1970s in Japan. We have no idea if animals were actually harmed. <laughs> possible but i on a more serious note the beginning of the more episode serious than lasering me. a bunny <laughs> <laughs> point anyway it, uh, <laughs> i just verb that <laughs> the talk that the scientist and his and his secretly evil assistant <laughs> were having yeah. Weirdly enough, call me crazy, but it reminded me a little bit of Godzilla 54 because they're yeah. talking about the invention falling into the wrong hands and science being misused, not unlike Dr. Sarazawa with the oxygen destroyer. Yep. Yeah, it really does feel that way. So I give them credit. You know, they start off with lasering a bunny and then say, well, we're going to have a serious discussion about this and this yeah. <laughs> tokusatsu hero show with a grasshopper man i'm <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's but i mean i yeah i totally get it because like he does have a nice speech about the the responsibility that scientists have when they create something dangerous and how uh after a scientist creates something dangerous it it tends to get misused uh especially when it mm -hmm. falls into the wrong hands and a lot of that echoes back to like you said godzilla 1954 and a lot of why it was included in godzilla 1954 was because of the experiences with the nuclear weapons you know they are still the mm -hmm. only uh country to have a nuclear attack actually launched against it and mm -hmm. and to actually feel the ramifications of it so japan definitely has this kind of sense of yeah maybe don't give the deadly weapons to the wrong people because uh that it doesn't end well yeah especially for the bunnies but <laughs> <laughs> that's no ordinary rabbit <laughs> see elmer fudd just needed a laser gun or as i call it a flashlight of doom i've <laughs> it, it really was it was it was like a cross between a flashlight and a laser pointer <laughs> so it's either going to so what you're saying is it'll kill everything else but if you point it at a cat it's just gonna play with it it's like <laughs> <laughs> well do you did you catch what they actually called it in the show yes uh i have it written down i'm trying to remember what it was it's called uh, danger light the danger light what that is that's equal parts silly and awesome yes well it also reminds me of an episode of a movie that was on mystery science theater 3000 that no joke was called danger death ray so i have a uh, question the the monster is supposed to be a gecko Oh my god. He looks kind of like a fish. Oh, I don't know what this thing is. Oh my gosh. I oh man, Gekkerus is the most unnerving kaijin that has been in the show so far. I couldn't look at him without feeling just, just incredibly uneasy. It's so weird. Oh. It's really weird looking. He looks like a fish. To be honest, he looks more like an ultra kaiju. He really he does. does. He looks he like does. some. He looks like something Ultra Seven should be fighting. Yes, yes, he does. He does look a lot like that. Um, but I do really like how he has the power to cocoon people. He just spits out a spray yeah, and then like wraps uh, people in cocoons. I, I called it the power of mummification. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. He has to have that, but he's definitely not saving anybody 15% on car insurance. Just saying. Although, he might help Common Rider save on his motorcycle insurance by killing him. <laughs> oh, man. You don't need insurance. <laughs> That's true. Uh <laughs> Yeah, so I, I I like the cocooning. I like that he cocoons Common Rider, and then it's it's Ruriko that comes in, actually like pushes the Common Rider mummy down 
of the hill and it breaks open. Like that was kind of cool. <laughs> Do we want to talk about how uh, Gekigurus interrupted the Japanese Rocky movie? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, uh, yeah, that was, um, that was, that was, I thought I for, like, for a minute, I thought that was the scientist that he was going after, but no, it's just two random guys. There's two random guys. It was a boxer and he was just doing his morning training. And then you're just like, hey, look, you're the convenient victims for get or attempted victims. So for no, actually, they've got because he got them. You're the, well, you're just the, the, you know, the vic- yeah, yeah. And I'm just like, okay, the both of the uh, these two guys actually seem like they would be interesting enough to have a story. Why are they just there to get killed? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's really weird. Uh, I mean, it's just to, again to reinforce Shocker is evil because he just wraps the guy up in a in a cocoon and then tosses him into the river to drown off of a dam, I might add. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So. So, uh, yeah, it's it's uh, <laughs> it's like Shocker is evil. Remember that. Yeah. Yeah, remember Shocker is evil, and and also apparently the the goons are are changing things up. I think they have new masks now. Mm-hmm. And I noticed sort of noticed that with the last episode, and now they have new weapons because apparently Gekigeras has been put in charge of the Dreadnoughts, like like Cobra, you know, so some Australian division because they have boomerangs. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay. My favorite part of the whole episode. The shocker goons have boomerangs, deadly killer boomerangs. Yes, please. Thank you. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> also, uh, one of Gekigeras's powers is, uh, I call it Suspiria lightning. Have you ever heard of a movie called Suspiria? Uh, remind me what it is. It's an Italian horror movie from the 1970s directed by, I'm going to look it up here really quick. It is directed by Dario Argento. And it was all a part of the, what made that movie unnerving was that it loved using crazy colored lighting. Cause that's what Gekigeras does. He shows up uh, someplace and suddenly red lighting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I get what you're saying. Yeah. Suddenly the whole room turns red because because uh, Get Giras is in the room. Yeah, he's just he has the power of Suspiria red lighting, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So we talk about so the scientist invents this death ray and then his his assistant goes to Shocker and becomes Get Giras, And then they're trying to steal the plans. They never talk about him being human again after that. (laughs) Right. Yeah. They never mention anything about him being human after that. Um, And and they're wanting they're wanting to steal the plans for the 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 death ray because they want to make a bigger one they can use to shoot down (laughs) jets. (laughs) Go big or go home. Yeah. That's one of the shocker. And so because of that, they kidnap the scientist's uh, sister? sister who looks young enough to be his daughter. But I also thought was his wife at one point. So yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but uh, come on, dude. Come on, dude. You, I don't understand. I, I have to say, I don't understand the logic other than because the script told me to, he decides to put the plans for the death ray on a microfilm that he then puts into a locket and gives to his sister. Dude, you were just asking for her to get kidnapped. Yeah. What yeah. the heck? And the way she gets kidnapped by Getgaras to to begin with is really, really scary because he just reaches out from under the bed and grabs her. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and that is like He's a literal under the bed. <laughs> that is that is a real phobia for a lot of people. Uh the, the idea of something reaching out from under the car or under the bed and grabbing you. But but my favorite part of all of this is he he you see him crawling on the roof of the room. He 
you know, sneaks under the bed, grabs her from underneath the bed, and then we cut to him just loading her into the back of a car, just a regular car, and driving off. And that is the, that is the juxtaposition that you get in Common Rider. You get these silly, absurd, crazy monsters who just use regular old cars to do their, you know, evilness in. And it is the, it is such a funny, combination of things and that's what makes the show so interesting and unique have you seen ultraman taro yet uh no i have not seen taro yet the science patrol cars in that show look like belong to clowns so <laughs> but see that's what you, what you would expect you, <laughs> you expect the well you expect it to be like hydra or shield or or something like where they they put the branding on the side like it's a specialized vehicle made just for them or whatever but no it's just it's just a regular car <laughs> you know why it's because it's not a Nazi car. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, that's true. But also, it really shows the budget. <laughs> the budget on this show was very small. Yes. Yeah, as seen with the uh, the two model jets that get destroyed that everyone reacts pretty nonchalantly about i have well to say. okay okay i will say uh, so you might not have picked it up but that was that was uh that didn't actually happen uh it, it was uh it was them imagining what would happen if shocker managed to create this uh this device because it actually appears before they even actually get around to making the larger version of the device heroes you can't see the shocked look on my face right now because i don't know how i missed that <laughs> yeah yeah because it's it's uh because it's they're in the shocker layer and the the great leader of shocker is talking to them through the eagle statue like he normally does and he he says then shocker will rule the skies and then it kind of like fades into <laughs> uh it fades into them uh them shooting down the planes and then it fades back to them in the la in that uh secret layer kind of cackling and laughing so it's so it was like it's not actually happening it's kind of imagining what would happen when shocker gets to uh rule the skies by taking down any airplane oh well that death ray must be uh pretty effective because it was really good at shooting dirt and missing everybody yeah and it was yeah. the same dirt that was apparently everywhere no well, matter what you were shooting it's okay to be fair when they actually did build the handheld version of it uh there were quite a few people who were killed by it oh, oh yes we need to talk about that we hinted at it we need to talk about that because the death ray you know when i it, mid Special effects sequence. I was thinking, oh, it turns people into skeletons. That's horrifying. And then it turns out that those really aren't skeletons. They're cutouts. Yeah, they're, pla store. they're plastic. They are plastic sheets with skeletons painted on them. Now, yeah. here's my question to you. Do you interpret that as the laser is actually turning them into these plastic, you know, sheets like it's morphing their body chemistry into this plastic sheet or is it actually just turning them into skeletons and we're just supposed to believe that that is just their skeleton? I'm interpreting it as somebody stole uh, their Halloween decorations. <laughs> <laughs> well, here I actually have an answer to that. I was curious how you interpret it because I was interpreting it at first as if like it was like molecularly changing their body into like this flat sheet of plastic almost. But then later on, they do say all that was found uh, at the victim uh, at the site of the victim was it was his bones. So so we're supposed yeah. to take this as this is actually their skeleton, not a plastic yeah. sheet painted to look like a skeleton that's just hanging on yeah. a string because you can see the string that's holding it up and then they just cut the string and it falls down <laughs> clearly all the money for this episode went to the gekigurus costume <laughs> yes yes well and and it's and it's funny because we we talk about the the uh the budget of the show being really low and it was so low that they couldn't afford even fake bones 
which sounds like a joke because like, oh, they were it was they were so poor they couldn't even afford fake bones. But no, this was a thing. This was a thing. <laughs> they were the budget was so low they couldn't even go to the local Halloween store to buy props. <laughs> right. Yeah, well that and, and this was a thing because around the same time that this show was being made, it was uh when was it like mid to late seventies was when uh Poltergeist, the first Poltergeist movie was made. No, that was the early eighties. Oh, okay, early eighties. Well the 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 budget on that film was such a shoestring budget that they couldn't actually afford fake bones because fake uh, bones back in the 70s and 80s were really hard to come by. Like they weren't just easy. Like they didn't have 3D printers that can print them up you know, real easy now. They were hard to make. So it's actually cheaper for the filmmakers to go and purchase real human bones from a medical supply oh, place and the movie poltergeist actually has real human skeletons in it as props so when we're saying that this this show didn't have the budget to even buy fake bones we're not joking. They could not afford to fake to, to buy the fake bones. So they had to just paint the bones and the skeleton onto a piece of plastic and then hold it up with, with string and, and make that be the skeleton. Oh my gosh. That. Wow. Which in wow. itself is so silly, but it is kind of an interesting how funny would it be to be the person whose bones were used in that? So it's like, guess what? Yeah, finally got into a movie. You're just dead. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, and, and I, I think I think there was some fallout for it. I have to look up the information uh, about it because I think there was some kind of fallout for it later on. But yeah, it was because it was like these bones were or th these are donated to science. You know, basically, like when you say you want to donate your body to science, that they're t getting sent to a medical supply place to use as like uh, stu studies, you know, for students and stuff to study you know, anatomy and everything, mm -hmm. but they have a lot of them. And so they do sell them out to companies to use in anatomy classes and other things like that. And so you can actually, at, at the time, I don't think you can do it now, but at the time you could just go and purchase these from that medical supply place. <laughs> That's just insane. On a completely unrelated note, just one more note that I have on this episode. The this is a common problem. Uh, common problem. Unintentional <laughs> 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 fun. But uh, <laughs> with a lot of these and this, because we're watching these on Tubi. So by the way, folks, follow along with us by watching the show on Tubi. Nobody can agree on these episode titles. Nope. Tubi can't even agree with itself shout factory yep. can't agree with it because yep. it'll say one thing on the on the listing and another thing in the actual episode subtitles yep yeah and this was a case of that because what was it the so we went with the you know uh the murderous, murderous but on Tubi it says murder comma what was it yeah, Megalon or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Megalon or something like that. It, it was something. It was really it's a completely different name. Yeah, it's just it's weird. So we apologize for any confusion that this may have brought upon you. <laughs> yeah. The only other thing I want to mention too is just like the last episode. This episode was filmed after uh, Fujioka had his accident. So this was, uh, we don't get a lot of Hongo in this. And when we do get Hongo, he doesn't really speak on screen. Uh, we, he usually speaks either through a telephone or, you know, something like that, uh, or from the common writer mask. He doesn't, you don't see Hongo actually on screen communicating. And that's because they're using the few times he does appear on screen. They're just reusing footage. And then there's, there's the scene where, where, uh, after when the girl, uh, gets kidnapped that he goes and kind of follows after the, the car. And you can tell as he's walking at night 
that is not Fujioka. It's another actor who's dressed up to look like him, but they're just filming it from far away and at night so that you can't tell. (laughs) Yeah. I wonder if it was because of him that Toei started making a common practice to have a face actor and a suit actor. Because I know Tsuburaya was already doing that with the Ultra series. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. I think a lot of early common writers, the the idea was that you were doing the stunt. But and I, again, it goes mm-hmm. into the budget. They just did not have a budget. They couldn't pay two actors to play the same mm-hmm. character. You know, they had to just use the same actor and have him do the stunts and it ended up backfiring because he got hurt and then they had to try to work around it. So, yeah, this is this yeah. this episode like the last one we get a lot more play from the side characters especially ruriko ruriko has a much bigger part in this than she's had i think in any episode up to this apparently she's apparently she's a pretty good motorcycle rider herself she was even racing hongo at the beginning and somehow doesn't figure out that he's common rider because common rider mysteriously appears and Mm -hmm. hongo's gone yep Nice job there, Lois. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so is there anything else that we want to mention from this episode before we get into our awards? I think I've basically brought up everything that I want to bring up uh, and anything else that I would probably bring up. I'm saving for the awards. So let's move into the awards. Okay. All right. Let's move into our awards. So we're starting off with our Henshin Kick Award, which is our best uh, piece of stunt work or action sequence in the episodes that we watched. So, Nathan, what was your Henshin Kick Award? Hilariously, looking at these, you and I end up using a lot of uh, some of the same things, but for different awards, which I guess just shows you how cool they are. But for Henshin Kick, I have, I have a. Uh, KR catching the boomerang that gets thrown by the shocker goon at Ruriko. Just because yes. I just think it just looks, it's such a great hero moment. It's just like, you know, they throw it out. He's like, oh, didn't see me coming, did you? <laughs> right. And I almost put that in this section for this award because, like you said, it is such a great hero moment uh that that you know just you get the the shot of the shocker goon throwing the boomerang and all and and ruriko ducks like she's gonna get hit and all of a sudden and it's like (laughs) boom sucker (laughs) there he is common rider and i just love it it's such a great scene i i i want to gift that so bad right now i need to find that scene on youtube so i can gift that just a whoosh, boom sucker <laughs> <laughs> boom sucker <laughs> uh, yeah so uh my henshin kick award i ended up settling on the the fight between giba condor and common rider on the roof of the car and i say this i've said this quite a few times when we've gotten to this uh this award when i'm doing the henshin kick award i'm looking for actual stunt work not you know tricks of the camera and stuff like that and the Mm -hmm. being on the roof of a car even if it is choreographed that's still a a pretty hard thing to do like for for an actor to be on the roof of the car fighting and play fighting or whatever on the roof and then throwing each other off the roof of the car and stuff like that was i i thought that deserved a a a mention because i can just imagine how difficult that was for the actors in the moment in those heavy rubber suits that are very hot (laughs) to to do that Yeah. Also, I just realized that the line needs to be boomerang, sucker. <laughs> boomerang, sucker. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, now we move on to talking Toku, the best special effect. So, what did you have, Travis? So I had. Uh, so I, I couldn't decide here. This is where I almost put the boomerang catch again because I, I think that's a really great effect. It's also a very good special effect because of the quick cut to make it seem like the boomerang was actually flying through the air when it really wasn't. It was just, you know, basically uh, the, the actor who played in the suit common writer just held it out in front of Ruriko to make it look like he caught it, but it's, but it was still a decent effect, mm-hmm. but 
I'm actually going to give my award to uh, the writer suit itself because I've noticed in this episode specifically, I, or what, which is the Giba Condor episode, uh, I've noticed that the common writer suit actually is improving in quality. They actually updated it a little bit uh, in between, I think, episode 10 and episode 11 is when they when they t- made some tweaks to it and it actually looks a lot smoother looks a lot better looks less like paper mache mm-hmm. <laughs> although i like i said i thought it looked a little rough in the last one at least in a few shots maybe it was just some bad shots well it also might be know. because they could only afford one suit and then they had a different actor than what it was than who it was made for because you know with fujioka yeah. being hurt they just threw an actor into the suit well the suit was made to fit fujioka so you can kind of tell when you're looking at it that it doesn't fit the stunt actor as well as it did fujioka but it's still i still think that the quality of the suit is improved you can tell it's improved yeah for sure my pick was also for a costume but not for the writer it was for gekigurus and all i have down on my notes is gekigurus is the freakiest kaijin yet because that costume is insane and i want ultra seven to punch him in his big ugly mug (laughs) (laughs) he kind of has a volcano head like his his whole head looks kind of like a volcano it's really weird (laughs) Uh, seriously uh, heroes if you've ever seen a gecko that looks like Gekigurus, please send us screenshots because what the heck? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's just Gekigurus could have almost been the what the henshin moment itself. Like just the fact his existence is almost the what the henshin moment. <laughs> weird bug-eyed lizard fish thing with fangs. It's it's such a weird design and it's bright red and it just it's such a weird suit <laughs> um so moving on to our next award which is the Kamenacha award which is our uh favorite line of dialogue from the episodes that we covered this week so what is your favorite line of dialogue i admit it's more it's funnier in context honestly which it comes from Ruriko. There's a point where I try to remember which episode this is from, but it's when they're fighting on a dam. So I think, I think it's the get Gurus episode mm-hmm, yeah. and she actually manages to knock a couple of shocker goons around. And then she just says, bye bye in English and just runs away. Yeah. <laughs> just, yeah. Me it like, was such come a, on, come it on was guys, such- you just got beat up by, untrained woman and then she says bye-bye <laughs> and it was a sassy bye-bye too like she was definitely yeah. like like because she like bye-bye you know almost like it was an attitude yeah. <laughs> that was good it's a good moment that, that added, that added to it so <laughs> yeah yeah um so i have i have an honorable mention and then i have my actual award for my best my favorite okay. line um, I'm going to mention my honorable mention first because uh, the I almost went with my favorite line being from uh, Giba Condor in episode 11. Uh, quote. Uh, <laughs> I wish there was a way to try that so that it could be the title of the episode. <laughs> Just uh, he, he again, he <laughs> he sounds like angry Yoda. It is really, really crazy. But no, my actual Kamenacha award goes to uh, to Ruriko's line, Takeshi, uh, where have you been? Because to me, that just kind of sums up everything about these episodes. Because, uh, yeah, Takeshi's nowhere to be seen for good reason. But it's just kind of like sums up this whole like transition period while Fujioka is injured. <laughs> Takeshi, where have you been? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, um, man. Now to your favorite award. My favorite, WTH. What the henshin? <laughs> There were several choices. I went through several choices, man, that I I considered from these two episodes. And I've hinted at some of them, but uh, what was yours? No, 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 no. I, I, wa- I want you to tell yours first because I, I oh, have another okay. an- I have another ringer okay. coming in. 
Okay. Ooh, okay. I got I got the soundboard at the ready. But now mine is <laughs> this weird artsy montage of Geba Condor attacking women to get their blood. And yeah. one of them, the one spend the most time on is a ballerina and it turns into this weird sort of dance of death yep. <laughs> with work lighting and crazy camera shots and it ends with him i think biting her neck like a vampire and i'm just what is this yep. it turned into this weird art house film for a second it feels almost <laughs> It feels almost like David Lynchian or not was it David Lynch? <laughs> who who did who, who did, did um Twin Yeah, Twin Peaks? Yeah, no, it's who, David who, Lynch. David Lynch. Okay, I just want to make sure I had the right guy. Yeah, it feels almost David Lynchian in just how kind of ethereal it is in that moment. Almost like it's a dream that's happening, but it's actually real, you know, really supposed to be happening and everything. It's, 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 it, I actually really do like that scene and you're right. That is such a, it is, it is out of nowhere because it's, it's just like a very bizarre thing in the context of the show. But if you take it out of the context and just look at the, the creativity that's in that scene, I actually really like it. Yeah. Like it's just, like I said, it's just really, really bizarre yeah. it's basically a murder montage as an art house film for about 60 seconds yeah um now my what the henshin award goes to uh, my favorite moment i mentioned it earlier it's uh suddenly give a condor <laughs> standing beside <laughs> you or riding beside you <laughs> You don't need no makeup. <laughs> uh, no, yeah. So the scene that we You're mentioned earlier. All night long. <laughs> <laughs> the, the scene that we mentioned earlier of the new character, Taki, riding with his with his new bride in his in the sidecar and they're just so happy and it's just close up on 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 her face and close up on his face and close up on her face then close up on his face and then he looks over and it's then it's just giba condor suddenly there <laughs> sitting next to him and it is just the like most bizarre edit like i said slapstick mm -hmm. moment and i love it it's so funny oh my gosh <laughs> That, I have a new appreciation for that cut now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. All right. Before we go completely off the rails any more than we already have, it's time to do our minute to henshin it. All right. You ready for this, Travis? Yes, so this is where we sum up everything that we appreciated, what we liked, uh, and everything that we've had about the two episodes that we've covered in a minute or less. So, yes, I am ready. I only have a minute to hinshin it. Yes, so let's get started. All right, run set your mark. Ready, go. Hien Shin. Okay. Uh so yeah, this these two episodes is part of a transition period for this original series. We have uh Hongo stepping away because of Fujioka's uh injury. Um it's obvious that Fujioka was not available to film them. Like I said, the first this first episode was a little bit better, but then this the second episode was yeah, you could kind of see and tell that, that Fujioka wasn't there to film. But the positive side of that is that the side characters, especially Ruriko and my favorite, Tachibana, get more screen time, and that's always a good thing in my book. Well, you had about 20 seconds left there. You want to bank it? At this point, you've banked so much time, we might as well let you, you might as well give you two minutes to hedge in. <laughs> All right, Nathan. Well, it's time for you to share your uh, minute to hinge in it. So, Nathan, uh, are you ready? Yes, sir. And go. All right. Hinshin. So, yeah. <laughs> One of the things that I am continuing to learn throughout watching this show, because remember, 
the common noob right here is there's a surprising amount of variety, a surprising amount of experimentation. Like I said, artsy murder montage and, you know, suddenly Geba Condor and all of this just absolute craziness. And which, so that's been really interesting to see, seeing them experiment and try to find a style, but I'm really curious to see over the next few episodes, how they handle the transition from writer one to writer two, because obviously they weren't expecting this. And one of the nice things, as you already hinted at, Travis, is that they gave the supporting cast a chance to shine. And in a couple more episodes, we're going to have a new hero. So looking forward to that. Yeah. All right. So to close out this episode, I want to say thank you for listening to the Henshin Men, a tokusatsu appreciation podcast. You can find links to all of our social media in the description of this episode. You can listen to more of me on the Kaiju Weekly Podcast and listen to more of Nathan on the Monster Island Film Vault. If you found some enjoyment from this episode, consider giving us a five-star rating on iTunes. And until next time, what are we saying, Nathan? Don't cross the Henshin red line.